Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness, the show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hey, welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth. It's Kim and Eden. Hello. And I love it. It's 1 2020. That's that sounds amazing. like angel numbers, 2020. 20, yeah, so. I've never looked up the 20s. I know. We should have had that ready. But, um, oh, yeah. but you know what? We, I don't think we've, we, I don't know if we've ever mentioned angel numbers, but you can look up angel numbers. Like if you regularly see 11, 11, 444, especially like if, if like a week goes by and you're seeing it like seven times that week, there's a big message for you. There's a, it's a sign. Right. Yeah. So you can look those up online and <laughs> most of the time they're, they're pretty um, accurate. Oh so yeah. Always right on. That's just a bonus tip. <laughs> uh, so we're going to tell you about our sponsors with Cynthia, uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Striegel, uh, her company called Forever, and uh, they specialize in saving our memories. Um, so it's, it's so important to save your memories. Um, and it's not just the memories in your head. <laughs> it's the, the things on, on film and, um, the things that, you know, we can't watch anymore. So my friend, Cynthia Striegel, she has a solution for you. Join her Facebook group, Deja You Memories for Life, to learn more about this company. And it's called Forever. On her Facebook site, she shares all the really cool ways that forever helps us keep our precious memories for life. She shares with you all the ways that you can use your memories to share with others. No matter where your memories are currently now, are, are, are currently, uh, there is a way to get them into one place that is safe, private, shareable, and fun. Join her Facebook group, Deja You Memories for Life, and learn more about forever. Awesome. Okay. So we have a powerful, literally a powerful guest yes. here today. And <laughs> and our wonderful friend, Glenn Marsden, who you guys have heard a few times on, and we always talk about Imperfectly Perfect campaign, um, hooked us up and connected us with him. So we're very grateful. Mm-hmm. Steve Orozco. And he is a well-known MMA fighter, founder of Smash Global. And he's a big advocate for um, helping the cause of bullying, like helping with anti-bullying and changing the the course of that so we're going to hear a lot about that powerful topic as well welcome Steve. welcome thank you for having me yeah and you can hear his he's got the (laughs) he's going to take over because he's got the perfect radio voice (laughs) i'm ready i hope you guys are yeah Uh so so we we were very inspired reading that you know you use your platform to help kids that are kids kids and teens and probably even some adults that are being bullied and so um i wanted to share some statistics of what the current stats are and it's interesting because you heard our husbands in the past a mm. uh, couple episodes ago and my husband does special education law and he actually it, sometimes it's kids who are expelled have ADD or you know just different disabilities that are expelled and sometimes not even disabilities but there's just some kind of strange behavior going on and so many now are cyber bullying mm-hmm. crazy stuff that you would never even imagine is going on especially on the internet let alone in the schools and so he does come home with a lot of those stories that are just disturbing 
you know. So um, so I'm going to read a couple of them and then Eden will read a couple. So in the U.S., one in five students ages 12 to 18 has been bullied during the school year. It's that high now. Like makes me want to start crying. Um, And then approximately 160,000 teens have skipped school because of bullying. Um, I know I personally know someone that that kids were actually telling her, um, we want you to kill yourself. And and so they were actually telling her that. Oh, like, yeah. Just difficult, wow. disgusting. Blah, like, just makes me so yeah, sad. Yeah, there was a case. I think I just saw something on the news. There was a couple, like, I want to say maybe teens, late teens. And she was texting him that Oh, yeah. She There's hated been a lot of cases and, yeah, like that. Yeah. And he needed to, you know, if you don't kill yourself, then I will kill myself. And so he ended up killing himself and yeah. now they're there's lawsuits now yeah yeah like well that. she's, she's going probably to jail, going to jail. Right? yeah yeah Ugh, yeah horrible uh students who reported that they were frequently bullied scored lower in reading math and science than their peers who reported that they never or were rarely bullied because definitely it's a big mind f <laughs> yes uh-huh. so um and then eden okay so uh the most commonly reported type of bullying is verbal harassment so that's 79% verbal harassment and then 50% social harassment. I'd like to know the difference there. And then there's the physical bullying, which is 29%. Steve, do you, you know you the ver- difference? Verbal so and social? Verbal social and might social. Be, might be online, Yeah, right? my thing's I think that's social what it is. media for sure. Okay, okay. So it's... Well, but then there's cyberbullying, so... On there too? Yeah, I wonder what social... Social must be like physically... Hmm. We'll have to look that up. That's, yeah, that's a good yeah, that's question. different. I'm not sure. You know what's crazy is that we talk about those statistics mm-hmm. and those numbers seem so high, but those are only reported statistics. Right. True. I know there's so, a lot of kids who keep it from their parents. So the number is much higher than that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's so sad. Labeling an incident as bullying can be important because it influences whether students tell an adult, oh, like you just said, as well as how adults respond to the student's report. So that's the, that's scary that they probably 50% of them don't report it. I have yeah. the, I have the social one. It says social harassment is when it is a behavior that demeans, humiliates or embarrasses a person. So maybe it's like they push the person down or they throw something in their hair or put a picture up all over the school of them or think that could be more like a social harassment. Like in the movie Mean Girls. Right. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So another one, students are less likely to, oh no, did we talk about that? Did I already, no, that's the same thing. I'm going to move on. 42% of, uh, students who reported being bullied at school indicated that the bullying was related to at least one of the following characteristics. Okay. So this is an important one. Yeah. Physical appearance, 30% race, 10% gender, 8% disability, 7%, 7%, ethnicity, 7%, religion, 5%, and sexual hara- uh, or harassment. Orientation. Sexual orientation, 4%. Wow. So it is an epidemic. It's It seems more because of the internet now, I think, um, than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be bad as it is, but then now there's like so many more opportunities for for bullies to have their power, you know, and so it is a, a big epidemic. And so since Steve is here, I would love to start with that. Um, you're known to be big on anti-bullying. Can you talk about this? And and I know you were talking about how it is related to mental health and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest problem with, actually it's not a problem, um, 
you can never stop bullying. It's always going to happen. Like when kids are going through puberty and they're going through that stage of their life, it's really like an animal kingdom. It's like a totem pole. So if you can't stop it, you have to do something to change the environment. So that's why with me, I'm big on martial arts mm. and, and sports for these kids because it's such a tool of empowerment to help them and with their own mental health mm. to deal with these problems. Okay. Do you right. have a program for kids? Do I? Do, no, yeah. I just support okay. a lot of them. You do? Okay. Nice. Okay. And, and how? How do, you, how do you support them? Oh, yeah. I volunteer all the time and teach jiu-jitsu and wrestling for oh. these kids. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah, I think that um, I've seen a difference in kids who are very involved in any activities that are positive. Like if they're mm -hmm. very heavily involved in something like theater, dance, martial arts, like you're saying, sports, it's, it's, I think it's less likely that they're going to notice things mm -hmm. like that or even be involved in it, but it doesn't make them immune, for sure. Well, because yeah. but then there's, I've seen with my own kids on the soccer field, mm -hmm. you know, that the kids get yelled at if they're not good enough or they miss the ball anything it can happen in sports too when well, parents get i know that that my husband when he was a kid his dad was the coach and he had another parent that started oh, yeah. to talk crap and bully oh, and yeah. his dad had to get into it because he's like you're bullying my son it's like the adults become kids again it's ridiculous oh, yeah. yes they do yes. sometimes adults go a little too far out there oh yeah i've yes. seen that or dance moms yes. yeah dance moms even yes. worse <laughs> yes agree yeah, yes. yeah We've so definitely gone through that in our own personal lives seeing the kids they, my husband played adult soccer and it happened there mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so it, it is a big thing I think mm -hmm. a lot of it also is besides that is just awareness and um, you know I, I don't remember when I was a kid having that much now they have assemblies and things thank God a little bit of awareness going out there and, and no tolerance for bullying and stuff like that for those who decide not to tell then there's no what do you do like they feel it's kind of the same thing as the mental health awareness they have to the stigma has to be reduced yeah and, mm -hmm. you know and it has to become a known thing for sure i agree um okay so steve you are a well-known mma fighter and founder of smash global how did you get into that and why why did you start the sports, wow. it's the sports and entertainment company, right? Yes. Okay, so it how is. did that all begin? I mean, I started wrestling at an early age. That was my life. That was my anti bullying. Mm. Um, you know, I started when I was six years old and it carried with me through college. And uh, when I became a professional fighter, this was after college and after working on Wall Street, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I ended up starting my own, my own MMA organization. Because, mm. you know, when I was fighting, the one thing I hated about my sport was the crowd. It was one thing that I was lacking because it just hasn't evolved very mm. f as fast as the fighters have. So it's a very $30 ticket crowd. Mm. Whereas mm. boxing has more prestige. Right. Has centuries, like classy. Yeah, centuries of history and buildup. You know, MMA came from a, almost like a backyard. Got it. You know, uh -huh. No rules, no sanctioning, yeah. no weight classes. Guys weren't multifaceted mm -hmm. in different elements of, of mixed martial arts. So uh, after I fought in Australia, it was my first loss and my last loss. Mm -hmm. um, I went and got my wow. promoter's license and I said, I want to change MMA, make it better. So I changed the whole platform and the, the way it works. Wow. So instead of just having like an arena, you know, the t-shirts and Bud Lights and $30 crowd, I just elevated it to like boxing where it's black tie and gown. Wow. There's, oh. a, there's a cage in the center and surrounded by the cage are 30 tables of 10. So you have the whole red carpet experience, the pro fight, it's seated dinner, it's open bar, and you're watching guys fight in the cage. And they're all wow. licensed professionals. 
Wow. That's pretty epic. Yeah, it's fun. So for me, it was, you know, MMA, and no disrespect to the fans, I always say this, but MMA is a very NASCAR crowd. It's just the way it is. Mm. And I want the Formula One crowd to come watch my sport. Got it. And they're not going to watch it unless you package it in a way for them to come and watch it. Right, right. I love that. But what, what do you feel? So do you feel it was your experience on Wall Street or was it something that you were taught as a child? Because most people will go, oh, yeah, I have this idea and this is this cool thing. But they don't really go and step into it and actually yeah. like it's being done now. Like yeah. how yeah. how did that come about? I mean, I always had a. You know, even when I was fighting, I always knew I had a backdrop to fall on because I went backwards. Like most people, it's college and they, and they go to work in corporate America and they are unhappy and they do it forever. But I was backwards where it was college. I worked on Wall Street. I wasn't that happy doing it. And I went to a firm in Connecticut that recruited me. And while I was there, I got my MBA and my MS, mm-hmm. like a double master's program. Mm-hmm. And then once I got that, I left the industry I moved to San Diego. I was in Connecticut at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I turned pro as a fighter, and that was in 2008-9. Right, but it's definitely, so you feel it was a mixture, because if you if you didn't have, I don't know if you have, didn't have the degree, do you think you would have, like all that training in your mind, you know, the dis, not even necessarily what you learned, well, that, but probably the discipline. Yeah, well, that was the thing that I loved, because I was always training, even, you know, after college and working on Wall Street, for example, I was still trained every day. I was still mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu and wrestling, and I was still very involved in the sport, I just wasn't a fighter at the time. Right. And I always said, if I ever leave this sport, leave this industry, I'm going to turn pro as a fighter. And that's what I did. I just followed my dream. I drove across country in three days and uh, started working at, I went from working on Wall Street to working at a gym, huh. you know, and, uh, and I loved it. I loved every day, every day of my life. So you found your purpose. Yeah, I know. It's funny because wrestling is the one I always say. My mom was my first love, uh-huh. and uh, wrestling was my second. Mm. And it, I still love it. Like I, when I go back to Connecticut, I uh, I volunteer at the high school, and I keep, uh, teach wrestling to the high school kids. Nice. And I love it. And those uh-huh. kids love me. And like watching them grow as men uh-huh. and get better every single year is is a priceless experience. Right. Well, and I think you're like, I don't know if you already go speak at schools too, but you, yeah, yeah, but I love that you're, I think a lot of MMA fighters just think like, well, I don't have to go to college. I don't need to get any like background Mm. learning. I Mm. jump into the sport and that's that. And I think you're a good example of doing all of it and being Uh well-rounded. Yeah. Cause I mean, most athletes in general to be a hall of famer and be wealthy. I mean, the chances of that are like 1%. So most guys, when they're done fighting, it's a wrap for them. Right. You know, they don't have anything to fall back on. And that's like, I know we're talking about networking, but that's why I tell these fighters, they need to network while they are fighting. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't wait until you're done to figure out what you want to do. While you're at your glorious chapter, you need to go network with people because this is when people respect you the most. Very true. And then sometimes you might, the career might end too soon because of an injury. Have you yeah. ever had any injuries? Oh, yeah. I had uh, So another reason for retiring and starting Smash Global was uh, I had three knee surgeries. Oh. I've had shoulder surgery, broken hand, you know, toes, feet. Oh, my God. All that stuff. Okay. You <laughs> know, and it happens all the time. You can't, you can't get past it. Did you fight with the broken bones? Oh, yeah. Hand, yeah. for sure. Wow. Well, Janae, mm-hmm. Janae Noonan's my friend. She's met you before, but she's one of a female MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. And um, she stopped finally, I think. Um, but she uh, has bro- she broke her neck. She broke her shoulder. Mm. She's been on the show and talked about it before. But uh, same thing. And she just kept on 
It's like, no, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep yeah. going. Like, yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, think about it. It's like being a, like an entrepreneur, you know, like you love it so much. You're willing. You can't, it's like, you can't not do it. Right. Yeah. You're willing to take those bumps and bruises and keep going. You're like, why would an entrepreneur, why does an entrepreneur want to, you know, struggle and be broke for three to five years and go through all that when they could just go get a job and be and feel secure and safe? No, because they actually love what they're doing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's true. Wow. Um, well, I like what you said. Your and your company. Your one of your missions in your company is networking. Um, is an important driver for creating business opportunities. And so, yeah. what do you think? I know this is powerful, but like besides why it's powerful, how do people that are more shy, introverted, um, don't haven't developed their communication or personality? What is, what's some advice for them to kind of start getting into that, like networking and connecting, and what can it do for them? Man, it, it, honestly, that's such a tough question because mm-hmm. one of the things you have to force. Like for me, for example, I'm very introverted. Most oh. people don't think yeah, I am. Yeah, you would am, never know. But as soon as <laughs> I leave here, I will be going home and I'll be going home to the dark and oh. shutting the door and like recharging. Right. Like, oh, only, so you're probably a big empath. Yeah, I'm big time. It's, people drain me. Okay. You know? Oh, yeah. We, we, we both are that. like that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, so, but I have to turn it on. Yeah. And turn, turn on, turn off. And I think. Over time, you just learn it. It's funny because when I first got here two weeks ago, I uh, I just Googled myself looking for some old content, and I found one interview I did at a place. It was like Red Booth Diaries or something like that, and that was my first interview in L.A. And I'm all suited up, and I'm you know the 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 woman who was uh, the interviewer was amazing, and I'm just like this, duh, 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 duh. like no energy or anything, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, I can't believe that was me on camera, you know? You didn't know yet, but it just changed over time. You just have to practice. Right. Well, you know? I know. I I mean, Kim, when we first started doing the podcast, she's very comfortable with the doing entertainment, anything, and I wasn't. That's not where she's, I, she's, I came yeah. from. She's transformed so, like a butterfly. I mean, I'm not. I'm no nowhere near perfect at all. But I'm a lot more comfortable than yeah. the first few shows. Yep. Oh yeah, you can tell the difference. I'll have to listen. It's back all about. And, it's and all about. You. <laughs> it's all about chapters. Like when you first started, you were like on chapter one, but now like you're mm-hmm. on chapter three as far as being comfortable. Uh huh. You know. Okay. You can't compare yourself to her when she was already on chapter like fifteen because point. that was her comfort zone. That's a good point. So true. Just like and okay, I was. you know what? See, he's coaching us because you know what's a good analogy of that. So I had had all this experience speaking and and media and hosting and stuff and she's a medium and even though I'm an intuitive I was not a full-on medium and so now I've started to have that a little bit uh-huh. but I don't compare myself to you okay and we're just different yeah so that's the I love that analogy yeah, you're not we're all, chapter you just we all have different gifts yeah, yeah we're all wired different and you have to respect everyone's wiring the same mm-hmm. yeah if everyone was wired if everyone was wired the same we wouldn't get anywhere in life yeah, I love that. Oh, you know, it, it makes me think, so I, I coach people when they're on confidence and when they have mm-hmm. to go to a networking um, meeting. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that, and this maybe this will help one of your, you know, person, your training or something. But um, so I have them, it's kind of almost like a Tony Robbins thing. So they will enter a room and they have this habit of being scared. And so a lot of times the person will enter a networking room or an event and they'll immediately go in the corner and look at their phone or they'll go to the bathroom to hide. They don't want to, they're like, I don't really want to be here. And, and I wish I didn't come. And so, but deep inside they do, they don't want to feel like that. They want to actually connect with a couple people and, That person, that person needs to find the other person in the room who's doing the same thing. Ah, 
that's a good one. Ooh, so, I so, like that. Yeah. So if you see if that person's nervous and they see someone else by themselves on their phone, oh, that means that they're, they feel yeah. the same exact way. So uh-huh. that's your opportunity to go open them up. And make it easier. And then you guys kind of both like in your comfort zone like that. And then oh, boom. I like that. Yeah. Oh, good well, usually what I what I say, but I like that one. I'm going to add that to the to the list. Um is I'll say, well, okay, then go to the bathroom and make a new ritual where you actually kind of change your state. So that's like that's like doing, even if you go do some stretches in the bathroom, no one knows, you know, just shock yourself out of that same old pattern. And then maybe even splash a little water on your face or, or wash your hands and look in the mirror and have a mantra that you say like, I'm okay, I can go talk to three people, name three traits about yourself that's powerful about you that you've gotten feedback on, and then just push yourself to go out there and just have the goal of meeting even one person. And so uh, that's helped a lot of people because it's like it's like a new ritual instead of the old like programming yourself to be afraid, you know? Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good approach, the one person thing. Anytime I go to an event, I always try to zone in on one person. I also, have, I feel like I have good intuition as well. Mm-hmm. I just know that what person is going to I'm going to connect with. Yeah. But you just have to find that one person. Right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you're just you're talking about me. I feel like you're <laughs> describing my my uh, personal. Okay, hold on. Yeah. What? Oh, I I just I thought Eden would want to know this. Um. So oh. you, she's always wanting to know the celebrities and and oh. so go ahead ask. Oh, yeah. I know I'm I'm the the one who's celebrity uh I don't know I get excited so would you mind talking about celebrities that you worked with yeah not a problem or well-known MMA fighters or whatever yeah so I mean with so with Smash Global so when I started my whole concept you know the people that are coming to my show they uh they're not your MMA fans most MMA fans are coming because they want to see their friend or family member of the fighter so for me to attract that whole new audience, I have to have a face of the night. Like I need a celebrity to attach to because okay. people don't know the fighters and it's just another black tie event. So every event I would honor somebody. Mm. So like if I just go in order, let's say from the last six shows, like honor Freddie Roach, boxing trainer. And then it was uh, Tito Ortiz, UFC Hall of Famer. And then it was Steven Seagal. And then it was like Chuck Liddell and Ernie Shavers. And then I did Mel Gibson. Wow. And, and don't you have Dolph Lundgren on your website or somebody like that? Yeah. So the last show I did, I went, I kind of went all, bigger than I normally do. Because you usually only honor one person. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But this time I honored four. Wow. So I kind of went a little bigger and I kind of shot See myself in the foot doing that. Because it's hard to like, it's hard to, I can't keep doing that all the time. There's like, I know there's a lot of celebrities, but it's hard to, with their schedules. Got it. Okay. So for that show, I honored like Shane Mosley, he's a box hall of famer. Dolph Lundgren, Lou Ferrigno, and Whoa. Mickey Rourke. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. So that was a big one. I love this yeah. format, though, because that's genius, because then you're connected yeah. to all those people, and then they connect you to yes. more people, and then mm-hmm. you start getting known and built. I mean, it's just, just yeah, genius, all of it. You have to, Networking. like with these celebrities, you can use the power of them to build your own brand, because everything now is about association. Mm-hmm. You know, who are they associated <laughs> right. with? What do they have? And that just builds your brand. It's just the way it is now, especially with social media. It is. Yeah. Well, and that's what, even with the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, I know you mm-hmm. know Glenn, but, you know, it's getting a lot of attention because of the celebrities, influencers, yes. you know, experts in different things. Yeah. It's no so. different than, you know, clothing brands always having a mm-hmm. face of their clothing brand that they're paying. And you're like, oh, wow, you know, Kanye West to wear those sweatpants. I want to go buy those sweatpants. Right. You know, and again, everything's about being relatable now. It's all people care about yeah. is the... 
the person behind the brand. Okay. Right. And you have sort you have a trademark. I don't know. I, I've talked to some people who know who you are mm-hmm. and they talk about your tattoo. Is there something famous about your tattoo? Mm. <laughs> do you have a known tattoo or do you have many tattoos? I or? have. You have more than one? Uh, my whole body's covered. Okay, so no, they said the one on the chest. Yeah, like a dragon chest piece that goes down my arm. And then my whole entire back is done. Oh, right. Um, oh. My legs are done. This arm, this arm isn't done. It's funny because you guys right. will see in the picture. He doesn't even, you don't even see any right now. No, I nope. wouldn't even know. All right, strip. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had a photo shoot earlier and I was like half naked. <laughs> we'll have to, you have to give us that for the promo then. <laughs> okay, good. Go to, go to my social media. You can see it in my story. So do they, they, like I have a lot of tattoos as well and they all mean something to yeah. me. They yeah. all mean something to you. Uh, yes, they do. Yes, so what's the famous one? What does that one mean? I mean, I don't know which one would be the, the dragon. Famous. The chest one. I don't yeah. know. They said that. Yeah. Mm. Does that mean anything? No, it's just a dragon. And it's kind of like an art of war kind of thing. Uh-huh. Well, drag. you know, dragons are also protect protection. Yes, they, they are. They give you protection. So yes. maybe deep down that was why. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah. Okay, we'll take that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but I'm going to have live, like, you know, say for this one, like I, so this is my brother who passed away. Oh. So... Mm-hmm mental health he had ptsd oh, so wow. you know 22 people die 22 veterans commit suicide every day so that was back in 2010 that's why i said you know your personal mental demons are the biggest bully in the world and they're the hardest thing to get that's over that's what you're talking about with bullying yeah, oh, yeah. and that. then uh my mom my mom is my my hero so i have the giving tree right here she's always read to me as a child oh my god oh my, i love that book i love that yeah it's the book best book too. ever that's best so book special. ever it's my favorite yeah Shel Silverstein. Yeah. Yes, that is right. Yeah, my kids have that book still. Oh, yeah. And it has my draw, I drew in the book as a kid, and they have my book of when I was a kid. So oh, yeah. They think it's really Special. old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that is so cool. I love that Thank tattoo. You. Oh. Wow. Okay. And so just talk about your brother for a minute. Yeah. So he was in the military. Yeah, he was in the Army. He was stationed at Fort Hood, Texas. And uh, he, obviously, you don't know the whole story. So in the middle of the night, he woke up in the middle of the night and he killed his wife and then he killed himself. Oh. So it's one of those things. It's kind of like there's never will be closure because we don't know. Uh, like men, know? total mental health. Like yeah, I mean. Paranoia. He, he might have saw somebody different. Yeah, when, uh, exactly. Had a, a night tremor. He could have killed his wife and then the military police came and he maybe opened fire and they killed him. You know, I have no idea what happened. Right. You know. Mm. Oh, it's tragic. So, I know. Wow. How long but, ago was that? Uh, 2010, September. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm sure it's something you don't really get over. Impossible. Yeah. Impossible. For me, the hardest re- the reason why it's so hard for me, it's not just because of my brother. It's like, how is it possible? Because I'm an alpha. I'm very tough. But he was on a whole nother level than I was. He was like the homecoming king, college scholarship oh for football, like the toughest kid in the school no one would mess with. On the pedestal. Yeah, he was on the pedestal. He was that guy, and mm. I would just aspire to be him, and I was never quite him, mm. you know? And so f- to know that he mentally broke somehow mm-hmm. is like, that's what doesn't sit well with me. I always wonder. Because you, you looked ever, up to him. I looked up to him. Yeah. Would you ever do a reading to see if you can talk with him? For sure. Eden, <laughs> got a book one. She's gifted. <laughs> yeah? You know that she, uh, she gets automatic writing, so she writes. Her hand just writes okay. word for word from past loved ones or prints or others. She's promoting me. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, it's yeah. appropriate. We do yeah, I, I got do chills when he was talking about him, so I'm like, yeah. I just felt. I like, get chills every time I still, every time I talk about, it, I still get chills. It's like he's always next to me or something. It's yeah, really bizarre. Yeah, I feel like he has stuff to say to you. So oh, I'm sure you guys would. have to schedule something. Okay. What about your home? You're married, right? I am. So what's your home life like? Home life is awesome. Um, I would say very traditional. I'm a traditional kind of guy where I love roles. Like I like to be the one that's out hunting and I like my wife to stay home and staying, listen, and I don't say that in a, in a chauvinistic, chauvinistic way. way, like, cause the role of a woman at home is harder than going out hunting for me. Mm-hmm. I think, I just think that for me to do all the things that I need to do at a hundred percent, like the fat, the, the fort has to be taken care of, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously I, mean, I still do a lot around the house too, but I like her not working and mm-hmm. I like to be the one to go out and make the money. That's nice. Okay. And what, do you yeah. guys have kids? Yes, we have a five-year-old boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at How cute. I know, he got, yeah. all, he got all happy. He's my well, mini. Well, see, that's different, because like, that, that's a job, too. Oh, my God. He's a <laughs> he's a monster. It's funny, because actually, this is the first year where I kind of slowed down a little bit, because he's in kindergarten. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, so a lot of energy gets out there. Yeah. And uh, But it's fun. Like, I'm one who brings him to school, and I pick him up from school when I'm oh. home, oh. you know, just to to make up for because I'm here one week a month. So that one week a month puts more stress on my wife, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when I am home in Connecticut, I got to make sure I'm making up for as much as possible. Oh, okay. You know? So balances out. Yeah. Yeah. Have to. Yeah. Have to. But yeah, we have an amazing relationship. Again, they've been together for almost 13 years. Good for you. Congratulations. So I feel like you are, you've done, like, what have you done to shed ego? Because you don't come across having ego. Like, you come across really authentic and real and I think that's a good example to a lot of the other guys out there because there's a lot Mm. of guys in the business that do do have ego yeah how did you get like that I think honestly fighting is a really big deal all these guys out there that have ego if you put them in a cage to fight another human they would all pee their pants and run out of the cage they don't there's and there's no reason to have an ego I just have never been that guy either yeah, I don't know that mm. he ever had to shed it, an mm. ego. Like, mm. you don't, he doesn't seem like he had to do much work on that. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and I, I was talking about wrestling, right? And a small little story. So my freshman year in high school, and this is carries with me till today. My freshman year in high school, um, I was on the varsity wrestling team. It was only because we had one spot that was open. It was a weight class above me, so they had to fill it. So I was a 103-pounder at the time, going up to 112. And... The kid below me was an all-state wrestler, and the kid above me at our school was a returning state champion. So I got my ass kicked every single day. <laughs> and my freshman year, my record was like four and 12, and I kept on coming back for more. Uh-huh. So like, I'm, I'm okay with loss. I've always uh-huh. been okay with failure. It's humbling, yeah, humbling. Yeah, wow. very humbling, it was very humbling. Wow, well, it's like the karate kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of that. Yeah, big time. <laughs> You got to write a book. One day. Yeah. I hope. I hope. Yeah. That's awesome. You want to. You want to? I would love to. I feel like I have a lot of chapters, like, you know, just from childhood and from my brother and just my education, Smash Global and... Um, and fighting, mm-hmm. and I have some other bucket list, bucket list items. Like I want my PhD. I want to do an Ironman. I have a bunch of other little things. That little I'm things. Do. That's not little. I love. Yeah. That. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I didn't mean it. That in the scope of the world, I guess. <laughs> scope yeah. of the world. Yeah, yeah, but hearing what you know, your history. I have no doubt you're going to accomplish all of that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Right. <laughs> what What sign are you? When's your birthday? Um, I'm the best sign. I will say that very confidently. Okay. The sign that it's got to be a Taurus. Then. No, no kidding. No. That's me. <laughs> 
No, I, I always say Capricorn is the best sign because okay. we, oh, we, yeah. we don't only end the year, but we start the year. Oh, so you're January? Okay. Um, December 30th. Oh, December. Oh, ooh, cool. Oh, happy yeah. birthday. Like New Year's. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, this, this, will, this will air after his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> happy late birthday. Yeah. Happy belated. Yeah. So, um, so what's coming up for, for Smash Global and you and how can people find you and go to your events and all that? Yeah. So, I mean, I am having, I'm back in LA for these last three weeks. I have my next show, which is actually next Thursday on the 19th um, at seven o'clock. It's at the Taglian Complex in Hollywood, which is an incredible ballroom. Nice. Um, you can go to my website, www.smashglobal.com to get all the information you need. And then uh, same thing with Instagram, Smash Global, or you can come and find me, Steve Orozco. Yeah, he's got he's got lots of people on Instagram. You got you got a cool Instagram. Thank you. And your wife's really pretty. Uh, I don't I think I've seen that. your son yet, so I had to look him up. <laughs> All right, I'll show you. So, well, thank you for being here. That thank was you for having this me. was like so fascinating. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I never knew anything about the MMA. Oh no, so you do. No, yeah, Janae. No, okay, Janae is gonna get mad at you. She was on. Oh, you yeah. you didn't listen to her when she was no, here. I did. <gasps> we actually ended up talking about our love life a lot. Anyway, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, we did. So, anyways, okay. Well, I I'm gonna mention the product of the week. Um, DorotheaEssences.com. D o r o t h e a Essences.com. Doris Moon is a gifted medical intuitive and healer. And today's product of the week is actually Harmony. This. Um, flower essence helps eliminate relationship discords with parents, partners, siblings, exes, children, and even yourself. By removing these relationship discords, we can continue the healing process to restore your inner harmony. And she has a set of four on her website on sale right now. They are not essential oils. They're actually flower essences that work on a soul level level with your vibration to heal you. So really fascinating. And I just love Doris. She's very gifted. So check it out. And um, thank you all for listening. And we love to hear feedback on this episode and see you next time bye thanks steve bye thank you for having me i appreciate it (laughs) for more information on eden go to edensustin.com for more information on kim go to kimlifecoach.com Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.